0: entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go.
1: Welcome to the Business Builder Show. I'm honored to have you with us today. Hard work. What's it good for, and is it really all that necessary? Is following your passion bad advice? And what are the qualities of not just great employees, but remarkable ones? We'll be covering those topics on the Business Builder Show today. I'm Marty Wolf, and along with my sidekick, Carrie Carney, we're going to do our best to inform, educate, and inspire you, our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone who are seeking excellence in their personal and professional lives. You know, Carrie, not everyone wants to work extra hard. Not everyone wants to be at the top of the class or the top of the organization. And, you know, that's okay for some folks. And if they are steady nine-to-fivers at work, that's fine. But I think our audience, Carrie, are folks that want to learn more. And tend to want to be at the head of class. Am I right or wrong? What do
2: you think? You are absolutely right, as usual. Thank you. (laughs) But if you think about it, not everyone can or wants to be a leader. You need followers. Yes. Yes. And I, and I have conversations with
1: people, they say, well, I would never do what you do or what so-and-so does. And because, you know what, I, I, I'm more interested in doing this, that, the other thing. And that's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just that some people, entrepreneurs especially, you know, kind of live in this crazy world. So, but before we get to our guest, who, by the way, today is uh, Cal Newport is his name. And he wrote a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Before we get to his interview, Carrie, let's talk about a article that you found. This site is, what's this called, Carrie? 99U, like underline. 99U, Insights on Making Ideas Happen. And it's coming from uh, author Scott Belsky. And he writes about what we already kind of started to talk about. And, but he says, you know what, I'm listening to a lot of people, reading a lot of articles of successful people, very successful people, and they're saying things like, well, you know, I only work
2: three hours a day. Yeah, chill. He uses yeah, the word chill. I chill a lot during yeah, the work day. And I go into the office when I feel like it. I don't thing. think Steven Jobs chilled a lot.
1: Well, so what Scott's talking about in this interview, he says, well, wait a minute. Something might be wrong with this picture because those entrepreneurs and anybody who reached some levels of success... Uh, he believes, and I think most of us will agree, that, you know, there's some hard work. You have some uh, major challenges. You have to work those long hours. You have to work real hard. You have to build your, your communities user by user, person by person. For instance, I, I heard an article, or I heard a, not an article, I heard. How do you hear an article? Um, how does that work? Don't, you don't do that, huh? Audio oh okay (laughs) we're on it we're using it okay here we are we're on audio here but i didn't hear the article okay i won't go there i'll get off there i heard an interview uh, on uh from success magazine of course our friend darren hardy and he was talking to a gentleman named Pete cashmore some of you may have heard of the company called mashable now pete has a big company now mashable i think he said for two and a half years all he did was work in his basement and i think he lived in denmark Hours and hours and hours just writing code. He worked hard. Now, that interview didn't say he's slacking off. But the point that we're driving home here is (laughs) hard work. What's it good for? So the article saying, you know, some of these folks are saying, hey, you know, I kind of like take it easy. But that doesn't really is that really good advice that we should be sharing with entrepreneurs and business startups and people who want excellence?
2: No. And I think some people that might say that forget about all the hard work, the sacrifice, you know, uh, the entrepreneurs out there know exactly how difficult it is to give birth to a business, a thriving, growing business. Now, maybe when you get a little older, kids come along,
1: uh, things happen, you have a different perspective of life. That's cool. You know, that's all right. That's certainly understandable. What the article saying, though, but you're sharing this advice and there's people listening to you. Is this really good advice? So let's think about this a little little deeper. And let's think about it in terms of, um, you know, passion, which Cal Newport's going to talk about passion and how important that is or not part of that is. And then the writer of this article says that he spent four years, Carrie, four years interviewing folks for a book on the topic of making ideas happen. And he said there's one universal theme that everyone talked about. Here's the quote. Hard work is the single greatest competitive advantage. Hard work is the single greatest competitive advantage. Ideas don't just happen because they're great. The genius is in the execution. A lot of of great ideas come up.
2: But boy, you know, just sit there on the couch thinking about this great idea. It doesn't come to come to life, right? He goes further to say, a.k.a. the 99 percent perspiration the effort put behind it and not all your efforts going to be correct but you're going to learn and you're going to retweak and you're going to keep working and that great idea just keeps evolving and evolving through hard work and sweat equity and
1: speaking of that I refer to a book that uh, Malcolm Gladwell is kind of famous for it's the book is called outliers and he says here's a common commonly accepted principle that it takes about 10,000 hours of work um, to become a master and it says here in the article there's no shortcuts to lasting success I want to share something with you though there is a shortcut to lasting success please finding a good coach and finding a good mentor there's statistics behind that You may have been doing something wrong for 5,000 hours, and along comes a mentor or someone who says, you know, why don't you take a different look at it? It's not just practice. It's perfect Perfect practice. practice. So, again, let's get to hard work is the baseline of, of all success. And, you know, I guess what we're thinking about, or what I'm thinking about here, what's crossing my mind is that you know when you get to that level of success maybe hindsight is difficult because you're looking at it from the viewpoint of having the limo driver and having you know the vacation homes maybe you can't remember what it took to get there but again drive home the point if you're listening to this information from folks uh, you know, don't
2: you can't listen to all these nuggets. You gotta, you gotta come back to the basics, right? Well, you, you think about days of passed. I'm gonna get my own business, and then I can golf on Wednesdays. I have weekends off, and you know the bank account is just gonna explode. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah, maybe on TV, yeah. but in real life, you're working 80 hours a week. You're putting your time in, and you're constantly. Dodging bullets, right? But you're moving forward. You're working hard. That's not to say you shouldn't take
1: breaks That's not to say you shouldn't think about and strategize and relax every now and then you certainly should but the reality is no matter what the wildly successful people are saying hard work is the distinct competitive advantage if you want to have a great business and have a great career and we're going to talk about having a great career, both in the interview with Cal Newport, which is coming up in a few seconds, and in our last segment we're going to talk about how you become you can become a very a remarkable employee. Now did you find that article, Carrie? I gave you credit for the first one. Yeah, article. It was
2: it, actually I was working at about four o'clock one morning. And and, and <laughs> we found it. There
1: you go. Okay, we need to take a short break. You are listening to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf and Kerry Carney. We'll be right back after the short message.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.
2: I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving, but my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who
3: to call, but I know I need help. We're paychecks and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money That will give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877 650 0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877 650 0277. That's 877 650 0277.
4: The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. driver of the cab that's going to be mine jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line, and shouts, are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. Right? <laughs> This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, You can, too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry.
0: Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.
1: Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. Our special guest today is Cal Newport. Cal, welcome to the Business Builders Show.
5: Hey, Marty. Thanks for having me
1: on. Uh, I'm thrilled. Um, Allow me to introduce Cal. He is an assistant professor of computer science at Georgetown University. He previously earned his Ph.D. from MIT in 2009 and graduated from Dartmouth College in 2004. In addition to his academic work, Cal Newport is a writer who focuses on contrarian and Evidence-Based Advice for Building a Successful and Fulfilling Life. Cal, that's what I really like. We're going to get into your evidence-based information soon. Your most recent book is So Good They Can't Ignore You. Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love. This book has won several awards. I could go on with that, but I'm going to just say that it has won several awards and has been recognized by such such great thinkers as Daniel Pink, who we were honored to have on this show a few months ago. So, Cal, again, welcome. And, um, Cal, we have referenced your work several times in our past shows. It is so relevant for our audience of entrepreneurs and small business owners and professionals who seek excellence. So let's start at the beginning, Cal. What inspired you to write this great book?
5: Well, I wrote it because I needed it, which is the case with most of my books, actually. Uh, So for So Good They Can't Ignore You, I was in a transition in my career. Mm -hmm. I was finishing grad school. Uh, I was a postdoc, and the expected next step was to become a professor. Mm -hmm. And that's a big decision, because if done right, that could be a job for life. Mm -hmm. So I thought if there was any time in my life I needed to understand how do people really end up with fulfilling careers, this was the most important one or two years of my life to try to get an answer to that question. So I went out to write a book about it. So I wrote it because I wanted it.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I I watched your uh, YouTube videos and again, Cal Newport to uh, check him out. If you just Google, you'll see the uh, videos and you'll see some of the presentations that Cal did. But before you do that, listen to this great interview because we want to uh, we want to like get you real excited about this. Okay, so you needed it and 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 that was great and in your talks and in your book You refer to a speech that Steve Jobs gave at a college commencement ceremony a few years ago, a few years back. Tell us about that and how you connected that in the book. Start there.
5: So once you start looking into this question, how do people end up loving what they do, you're very quickly going to stumble upon this commencement address by Steve Jobs at Stanford University. And in this address, he said, essentially, uh, you have to do what you love. If you haven't found it yet, don't settle. Keep looking. That speech was viewed over six million times, and I think it's important because it basically encapsulates how our current culture, and especially the young generation that I'm a part of, thinks about fulfilling work. Mm-hmm. They think it's about finding what you love and then matching your career mm-hmm. to that discovery. This has become the dominant piece of career thinking for people really interested in working life you love, and as I looked into it, the, the issue was very quickly it became clear that it's actually pretty bad advice.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't there evidence to actually connect that between um, your passion and job satisfaction? I don't want to jump ahead, but isn't there actual data that's, you know, is job satisfaction high or low in, 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 in terms of, oh, we'll talk about the United States today. Is there a connection there?
5: Yeah, there's an interesting trend. I mean, what I noticed is I went back and first found how the prevalence of the phrase follow your passion increased in the printed English language over time. And you see this period starting in the early 90s and hitting its peak around the time Steve Jobs gave that speech in which the usage of this phrase in American printed English skyrocketed exponential Mm -hmm. growth during this same period job satisfaction among American uh, employed has been plummeting Mm. through economic booms and busts. It's not just about a particular bad business cycle. And it's been falling the fastest for the youngest group of job seekers, which is the group that is most interested and most connecting to this advice to follow your passion. Now, that's correlation not causation but I think that tells us there's something interesting going on in this period where we reoriented our thinking about careers to say do what you love we see people are less happy than ever before
1: so yeah interesting fascinating actually you know and again uh, that's one of the key things when I was looking at the book you know thinking hmm you know as I did some other uh, you know information in this and you actually say passion is dangerous in terms of your first rule it says here and in, in your book is rule number one, don't follow your passion. You actually say passion c- can be dangerous. Give me a little more details on that.
5: In more detail, the strategy of identifying a pre-existing passion and then using that to make a career choice, that strategy is dangerous. And what I want to make clear is that people often mix up the goal of ending up passionate about your work, which I think is a great goal, and the goal I was pursuing when I wrote this book, they mix up that goal with the specific strategy of identifying a pre-existing passion and using that as a foundation for career decisions. Now, what I found when I looked into it is that that strategy often leads people to have more confusion and more unhappiness than if they hadn't heard about it at all, Mm -hmm. and it's because a lot of people, especially young people, don't have pre-existing passions to follow, and for the small percentage that do, we don't have a lot of evidence that just because you like a topic, that that is in any way enough to build a long-term fulfilling career in that field.
1: Hmm. I think, did this come from you, the passion hypothesis? Is that, uh, that's the belief that we're not, that we've been following, right? I love that phrase, passion hypothesis, which you're, from the evidence, is saying, hmm, not so fast,
5: right? Yeah, that's right, so that's a phrase I coined to just make clear exactly what the assumption is behind the advice to follow your passion or do what you love the assumption is that the match is what matters if you match your work to a pre-existing inclination passion or talent then you'll be happy it's the match that matters and all the evidence tells us that the match is not that important it's what you do once you have a job and this is often a long-term process that determines whether or not you end up with a fulfilling career. So to f- obsess over the match like we do right now is setting people up for failure when it comes to the goal of ending up loving their work.
1: I guess that would lead us to rule number two from your book. Be so good they can't ignore you. And, and I love the idea, uh, Cal, of the clarity of the craftsman. And you talk about a guitar player named Jordan Tice. T- tell us that story. It's fascinating.
5: Yeah, Jordan Tice is a, a guitar player in the new acoustic style and I went and spent some time with him when I was researching this book because I was interested in how real craftsmen people who who are unambiguously you know, trying to improve a clear skill how they approach their work and I was impressed by the the difficulty, the the focus, the intensity, and ultimately the deep fulfillment that someone like Jordan Tice gets out of his work. I sat there in his room and watched him practice. That was not an easy thing to watch. Mm -hmm. It is hard to improve your guitar capability. And what I noticed is, hey, this is so different than how knowledge workers think about their jobs. I'm trying to think, when's the last time I saw a knowledge worker with that same level of intensity or focus that, say, a professional guitar player or mm-hmm. a professional chess player has in their practice? Mm-hmm. And it led me to this notion that if you brought some of that into the world of the type of knowledge work jobs that most of my generation are taking – Imagine how quickly your skills would grow. And ultimately, I make the case that uh, skills is what's going to be the key, the foundation and the key on which a passionate career is built. So it's very important that we talk about how do you actually get better approaching your work like a craftsman, like Jordan Tice with his guitar, as being the right philosophy for building a long-term meaningful career.
1: Approaching your work as a craftsman. I love that. I've said that repeatedly. I've quoted you repeatedly, Cal, on that. I think that's so, so great. Um, We've got about a minute left in this segment. I I want to talk about also in rule number two, be good. So be so good. They can't ignore you. You mentioned someone who I'm familiar with, Ira Glass, who is a radio guy. Um, Tell us about that. And he he has a show, This American Life. Tell us what the, the kind of lessons that he shared.
5: Well, the big advice of this chapter is that the things that make a working life great are rare and valuable, so you have to get good first before you have something to offer for them. And I, I learned that lesson in part from Ira Glass, who in this famous interview with some college students said, you guys are trying to figure things out in advance, and this is your tragic mistake, and then went on and talked about his own radio career where he said the hard part is pushing yourself through that long stage of getting better, which is just hard work and is frustrating, but until you get through that stage, you really can't expect good things out of your career.
1: Be good at something, get good at something rare and valuable. We need to take a short break. We are speaking with Cal Newport, who is the author of a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Subtitle is, and it's important, Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love. we going to be taking a short break. You're listening to The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. We'll be right back.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you. It's The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.
2: I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving, but my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who
3: to call, but I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277.
6: Dear business owner, the shocking truth is many small businesses fail or don't meet the owner's expectations. You want help, but you're not sure where to turn. Maybe you're not sure how a qualified and experienced business coach can help you grow your business. Would a no-risk guarantee of measurable results put your mind at ease about using a business coach? Call Marty Wolf Business Solutions at 570-815-1626 today to learn more about a risk-free offer. A short conversation with Marty Wolf Business Solutions is your first step to benefit from a proven business coach guaranteeing results. Call 570-815-1626 today. This offer is only available to all small business owners located in the continental United States. Want to be a success story instead of a business failure statistic? Then call Marty Wolf Business Solutions today to learn more about this risk-free offer. 570-815-1626.
0: Informing, educating, educating, and encouraging. The Business Builder Show
1: with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. We are with our special guest, who's Cal Newport. Again, Cal's book is so good, they can't ignore you why skills trump passion in the quest for work you love. Cal, I, I want to make sure that people can connect with you if they wish to do so. What's the best way to do that?
5: Uh, CalNewport.com, myname.com will get you all the information you need.
1: And, and I subscribe and I see his, his blogs and the information and it, it continues to f- uh, fuel my brain and, and give me new insights to this great book and to, to the things that Cal is talking about. I do suggest that people buy this book Immediately, especially if you're thinking about a career change, because um, there's been an analogy uh, of uh, you know don't change uh, careers like uh, change careers like Tarzan, and you know there's a friend of ours that says you know hold on to the one before you go to the other one. So if you got Tarzan going from rope to rope, so I got off track a little bit there, Cal, if you don't mind. Okay, we are back to the book, and it's rule number three in your book is you say turn down a promotion. Uh, Okay, this one needs some explanation.
5: So I'll I'll set the stage for that rule. The the grounding philosophy of the book, the the pattern I found when I studied people who love what they do, is that they first got really good. They became so good they can't be ignored. That gave them leverage in their career, right? Because they Mm -hmm. had something rare and valuable to offer, and then they used that leverage to start shaping their career in ways that resonated with them. So the point of this rule to turn down a promotion is to give you a concrete, somewhat contrarian example of what it looks like to be good and therefore have leverage over your career. And Turn Down Your Promotion was actually talking about a particular case study, Mm -hmm. a database developer named Lulu, who I profiled in the book, who uh, worked her way up in the world of database development, became very good. And they were offering her money and a big promotion and a lot of power, but she was much more interested in autonomy and time affluence and the ability to go visit her family in, in, in South Asia uh, for months out of the year. So she turned down that promotion and said, no, and I'm so good, I can dictate other terms. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on contract and I'm going to do it eight months out of the year and I'm going to do it from home. And it was an example of how someone ended up in a working life that's very fulfilling by first getting good and then step two, using that as leverage to take control of their working life.
1: Get really good then you will become passionate and you will love the work that you do once you've gone through all that hard work of becoming and learning something rare and valuable i love that that was great okay rule number four think small act big and uh, give me a story or two or details on that think small act big
5: so this was another big one that came up when i was studying people who love what they do So there was a large subset of this crowd that what made them fulfilled is that they had a mission that their entire working life was oriented around. One of the profiles in this section, for example, was a biologist, a young biologist at Harvard, uh, Party Sabeti, who was doing this breakthrough work where they were using computer algorithms to find these genetic markers that were going to allow them to cure ancient deadly diseases. I mean, her, her whole working life was built around this. It was very meaningful. She loves her work. So I set out to understand, okay, how do people get organizing missions for their working life. And it turns out that most people have this wrong. Mm. Most people suspect that what you do is you start with the mission. You, you sit there at the age of 21, you navel gaze, you, you watch TED Talks and get a, get a burst of inspiration and say, now I know what I want to do. And then you, you chase that passionately and build this career around it. What I discovered instead is that missions usually do not become apparent to people until they get to the cutting edge of their field. This is what the science writer Stephen Johnson talks about as the adjacent possible right beyond the cutting edge. That's where big ideas and career-defining missions are found. But, of course, to get to the cutting edge of your field is another way of saying, hey, step one, you have to become good. You have to be really good at what you're doing before the cool stuff starts to happen. So even when we see these cool missions that we see people give talks on, it's inspiring. Even there, there is no shortcutting the chapter 2 advice that you have to first put your head down, treat your work like a craftsman and become really good at it. That is the unavoidable foundation of passionate meaningful careers.
1: Mm. That I wish we could say that all again for those listening to this. Of course, uh, you can listen to the shows by after uh, after the show by going to businessbuildersglobal.com. You should listen to that part, to this whole interview at least 10 times. That was so powerful. Um Gee, I, I'm getting confused because there's so many things I want to talk about that I'm kind of like jumping all over the place. I, I, let's kind of not to the end because we've got plenty of time, but there's so many important parts, Cal, to the, to what you're saying. Um, let's kind of think about let let's let's prioritize if I can mm-hmm. and uh, put you on the spot a little bit. There's loaded with great ideas. What would be some of the um, star moments or something that they will always remember. When, when you want to if you had to boil this down what are a couple of points that you would uh, talk about and you'd want everybody to remember?
5: There's two big points that I think capture the whole philosophy that, that I'm preaching here. So point number one is that our culture thinks of passion as a pre-existing trait like our eye color. It's something that you have, you just have to identify. The reality is that in the professional world, passion is the side effect of running your career in the right way. It's the goal, it's how you wanna feel about your career. It's not an intrinsic trait for you to identify. So the strategy of discovering a passion and following it just does not match the reality Mm -hmm. of how people end up passionate about what they do. So the second point answers the question, what should you do instead? And that's where we get to this notion of skill. If you study people who love what they do, eight or nine out of 10 are going to give you the same story. They got really good at something rare and valuable, then used that as leverage to take control of their career. And it's at that point that all the cool things start to happen that really characterize the types of careers that we daydream about. Hmm.
1: How did this all work out for you? What are you doing right now?
5: <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's worked pretty well for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm a, professor now but that's a long process and something uh, I ended up writing about after the book came out is let's think about the process of becoming a professor because once you actually are a professor and established it can be a very cool job. You have lots of flexibility, it's incredibly intellectually stimulating. you have you know it's, it's a very cool job, but there's a very long process to got you know to get there and I, I wrote an article, for example, about the first years of graduate school, for example, are almost always a hard time for people mm-hmm. because you're not good yet, you mm-hmm. don't know a lot yet you're just getting started on your path of education and If I had subscribed to the passion hypothesis. I would have dropped out of grad school, I'm sure, after just a couple years, because I'd say, I'm not passionate about this every day. I don't love this every day. But fortunately, I never was a big believer in that philosophy, because what happened is, as I got better and better, my passion for my work grew. So I'm very passionate about my work today. I I would tell anyone, yeah, you should have the goal of ending up passionate about your work. But I would just say, to find a pre-existing passion, that's not what I did, and that's probably not going to work for you either.
1: Mm. Work hard, the passion will come, the excellence will come, Uh, and you can choose a life. You can, in the quest for work you love, you'll find it as long as you work hard. Tell us again, Cal, uh, just uh, what's the best way to connect with you? Google your name or go to your website. Tell
5: us again. Yeah, you can uh, Google Cal Newport or just go to calnewport.com.
1: And you'll see all kinds of information there and subscribe to, uh, to his blogs and to all the information. So we have been speaking with Cal Newport, who's the author of a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Why skills trump passion and the quest for work you love. Cal, thank you so much for taking the, the time to write a great book and time to join us to help entrepreneurs and small business owners. Thanks so much.
5: Thank you, Marty. I enjoyed
0: it. Presenting the thought leaders of today. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.
4: The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. driver of the cab that's going to be mine jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line, and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? (laughs) Said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of taxi terry
6: dear business owner the shocking truth is many small businesses fail or don't meet the owner's expectations you want help but you're not sure where to turn maybe you're not sure how a qualified and experienced business coach can help you grow your business would a no risk guarantee of measurable results put your mind at ease about using a business coach call marty wolf business solutions at 570-815-1626 today to learn more about a risk-free offer. A short conversation with Marty Wolf Business Solutions is your first step to benefit from a proven business coach guaranteeing results. Call 570-815-1626 today. This offer is only available to all small business owners located in the continental United States. Want to be a success story instead of a business failure statistic? Then call Marty Wolf Business Solutions today to learn more about this risk-free offer. 570-815-1626.
0: Presenting the thought leaders of today. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.
1: Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. Terry, I love John Newport. I love his insights. And I've said this, uh, I think I say it on the interview. He really upsets me he's so smart he's so young you
2: know when, it's, it's upsetting to me when i go to his blog and i see his picture he could be my kid i'm much younger than marty yes. but anyway okay his wisdom is is yeah. fascinating and in the studio we we're just talking about i've shared these thoughts of cal newpart with my daughter, who is a law student, right. and just telling her, work hard, and you will find the passion. Yeah, stay with it. Okay, well, let's tie
1: that in to our next uh, piece here, a piece from Jeff Hayden, who writes for Inc. Magazine, among other places. And the title of this is, Eight Qualities of Remarkable Employees And he talks about forget going from good to great. Here's what makes great employees remarkable. And I think this ties into our first segment. We talked about working hard. Then we tie that into working hard and becoming passionate and becoming so good that they can't ignore you. Um, And now we're talking about, um, you know, being a remarkable employee. And so I don't forget it, Carrie. I want to mention this now. We're talking about becoming a remarkable employee. If you're a business owner or a manager of an organization, listen to what we're talking about so that you can create an environment where these people, your employees, your associates can become not just great, but remarkable. So think about it in that in those contexts. Okay, Carrie. So let's talk about these qualities. The first one that Jeff Hayden talks about is that these folks, they tend to ignore job descriptions. No, an HR manager right now saying, "Oh my goodness, what are you talking about?" You know, small companies, especially if you have a small company, people are wearing a lot of hats, and sometimes when it hits the fan, you know what I mean, right? Um, if you have uh, a good employee, they may want to kind of pitch in. A remarkable employee says, "Let's get the
2: job done." Yeah, and and, and the distinction here is. They have all of their duties already covered, mm. and they're pitching in. They're not just willy nilly going from project to project. Correct. Good thought. Correct. Good thought. Very good.
1: Uh, number point number two is <laughs> they're eccentric. And. Uh, now, we all just laughed in the studio, and we're all looking at Carrie. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was just going I, to clear I, 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 my throat and say, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know what that's about. Quite frankly, having someone in your organization that's, we'll call it, maybe a little quirky, uh, maybe a little irreverent. Eclectic. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, is a good thing, could, because most of the time, unusual personalities, they sometimes shake things up, you know? Um they aren't afraid to stretch the boundaries. I know Carrie is not afraid to stretch, stretch the boundaries, and they challenge things. And, and that's a good thing. And, you know, I want to give a shout-out to someone who I know who listens to the show. I won't say her last name. Her name is Sue, and I worked with her years ago in the food service distribution business. And I said, Sue, you know, you're one of the most irreverent people I've ever met. Well, first of all, she didn't know what I really meant. I had to explain it to to you, Sue, right? But then what?
2: She was quirky, very successful though and Very that'll successful. bring uh, shades of innovation mm-hmm. because it gets people thinking a little bit quirky mm-hmm. but again stay the course hard work hard work point number three they know
1: when to dial back um an unusual personality can be uh, can be fun it, it, they, they can throw they can they can lighten things up a little bit and their individuality kind of um you know just makes things good um but these remarkable employees, um, sometimes they may need to dial it back, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Line crosser. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I will hear once in a while, you know, Marty, not everybody thinks you're funny. <laughs> 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 not everybody gets you, you know? <laughs> if so, I only had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> yeah. For me. Okay. Remarkable employees. We talked about this a little bit, Carrie, before. They publicly praise and... Um, This is a good one. I like this. They publicly praise. You get praise from a boss. That feels really great. That's terrific. If you get praise from like a superstar in the office or on the team, that feels even better. Because now that person is recognizing. So a remarkable employee is that person who will take time out and say, great job, Carrie. Great job, Mike. Great job.
2: Right? If there's a cornerstone of a remarkable person, it's the gratitude. Mm. They have gratitude in their heart for having a place to work at, an ability to work hard and recognize the same hard work in others. Very good. It starts with gratitude. Point number five and eight qualities of remarkable
1: employees, they say here, and they privately complain. This takes a little explanation. Um, So your good employee. Uh, probably has some leeway in a meeting. They can kind of speak up and say, well, you know what? We're not clear on that uh, vacation policy. And they say it in the meeting, and that may cause a little little concern you know, out of the blue. But uh, a good employee can get away with that. A remarkable employee, however, will address that either before the meeting or after the meeting and say, you know what? The vacation policy isn't that clear. How, how can we get the word out? So they privately... And we don't like the word
2: complain, Jerry, right? We didn't like that word complain. They speak up. They'll recognize an issue. Right, right. And address it properly with the right parties, not in front of the uh, group or on the floor. They'll just bring it to the attention with the gratitude to say, let's get this thing figured out and keep moving forward. Yeah. And
1: we've really combined uh, five and six and sixes. They speak up when others don't. Well, not really. This is a little different. Remarkable employees speak up speak up when others won't, um, either privately or publicly, a remarkable employee will question things, will um, maybe go against the status quo, well, maybe you're, you're a good employee, which is a great nine-to-fiver, may not speak up, mm-hmm. and good organizations don't come about like people just going with the status quo, right? You need people to speak up, a remarkable associate's employees, they want to speak up. And again, in the context, if you're an owner or a manager, I hope you're thinking about, well, how can we create an environment to allow people to speak up and
2: do these things? And I think remarkable employees will speak up for others. It might not just be in their job description. They recognize something. So for the good of the company, they might be the voice For some great employees. I like that. To bring that to, you know, so they can get a a positive conclusion. I like it. Point number seven.
1: (laughs) It's one of my favorites, Carrie. They like to prove others wrong, these are remarkable employees. They just love to prove others wrong. And so this self-motivation comes from uh, the doubters, uh, when you have doubters, or, or you didn't finish college, or you're from the wrong side of the tracks, or you're, uh, you're too old, you're too young, you're too whatever, right? And uh, these remarkable employees, they like to just get her done.
2: Yeah, they, they, they have a little internal chip on their shoulder. Yeah. They're not negative or naysayers. They just know they can get it done, and they'll work until they get it done.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, education is important. Intelligence is important. Um, but drive is critical. And these folks, they're always what he calls fiddling. <laughs> it doesn't mean that in a negative sense. He says that they're they're trying different things. Great employees will follow the process. Remarkable employees will find ways to make those processes work even better. So following the rules is a good thing. We don't want everybody wandering around willy-nilly. You need a system. <laughs> we, we need a system. But that remarkable employee, publicly or privately, will say, Hey, I think I got, I got a different way. I think I got a better
2: way of doing this. Again, this is really true, and especially in smaller companies. So, And it ties so much into the front end of our show today. Ninety nine percent perspiration. Work hard. The article we've taken this from is eight qualities of
1: remarkable employees by Jeff Hayden. Jeff's last name is H.A.D.E.N. So we need to wrap up. So we set out to inform, educate and inspire you. How do we do? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, How did we do in terms of uh, getting that done? Carrie, thanks for helping doing a show that we are very proud of. Special thanks to our guest Cal Newport, author of "So Good They Can't Ignore You," why skills trump passion in the quest for work you love. Great, great um, job, Cal. I appreciate it. Our guest next week is Louis Castriata. He founded an organization called Leg Up Farm, and he has an incredibly powerful story to share with you about the work he is doing for special needs children and adults. So thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show today, and uh, come back next week, and thank you so much, and have a fantastic week.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.
4: The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube, and has been heard in person by over a million people. driver of the cab that's going to be mine jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line, and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life?
3: <laughs>
4: said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. Right? <laughs> This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenants to distinctive success in the 7 tenants
2: of Taxi Terry. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive,
3: and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277.